Hey, it's Last Name Good here. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Lander. That's Lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com. They do audio mastering, but not in a way that you're really expecting. Uh, mastering makes your music sounds polished and professional. You need it, you know, if you want to compete in, in the arena, the big arena of music. So uh, using an engineer, you know, it can cost anywhere between 150 bucks to 10000 a song, honestly. But Lander Audio has made an algorithm that does the same thing for a fraction of the cost. Actually, about $4 a month is where it's starting at. So it's the fastest, the cheapest, best option on the market. And they make your music sound accessible to everyone. It works by using artificial intelligence to analyze your track, and then it performs the same process and steps as a real engineer would use. So you can try it for free and to be a supporter of the Straight Out the Den podcast. So here's how you can do it. Uh, go to join.lander.com. So that's join.lan dr.com slash sodd you go in there you're going to get two free waves of your master if you want to know what it really sounds like check out this audio clip and let me know your thoughts now what you're hearing right now is an unmastered track compared to a, a professional master track mastering in the final boost and polishing music needs to sound radio ready Usually, you know, like I said, mastering can cost anywhere between 150 bucks to 10000 per song, depending on the engineer, of course. But what you've just heard right now is mastered by Lander using the artificial intelligence. And all you have to do is go to Lander.com. Once again, use my promo code join.lander.com slash S-O-D-D. You're going to go there, try mastering your own music for free today. Join.lander.com dot com slash s-o-d-d landers l-a-n-d-r we greatly appreciate it and look you're not just doing me a favor and i'm not the only person that vouched for it disney warner music nas everyone's favorite mc at some point and a ton of others but i personally use it and i personally vouch for it so once again to be a supporter of the Straight Out the Damn podcast, go to join.lander, that's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash S-O-D-D. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn podcast, and uh, we're here. Another episode, and I'm actually recording today's episode from the hotel room. Um, I'm in Houston uh, right now, and I wanted to make sure I get an episode out to you guys. I know we did not have one last week, but hey, we're not perfect. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, so just a few announcements. Dan Music Fest tickets are now available. Uh, November 26th. Uh, you can go to denmusicfest.com for tickets. Uh, we have a dope lineup there. This is the second annual Dan Music Fest. Um, great show last year. Great concert. Um, and we're bringing it back again. Um, definitely going to have a good time there. So make sure you go to denmusicfest.com and, and grab your ticket. All of the details there are on the site. And ticket prices will go up October 31st. It's the last day to get those early bird tickets. Uh, so make sure you get those um, while you still can get them, you know, for cheap. Um, other thing, we have concert series Take Care um, ATL. is is a uh, more of a benefit concert that we're doing uh, live at the Music Room October 18th. We have AE The Cool. We have uh, Rogue Domino. We have Eli The Assassin. Renee Gardner, um, Mer- Merimum, um, uh, she's in the building and uh, hosted by Cheyenne XO. 
and sounds by DJ Five Me Up. Those right now, we do have donations that are made available. You can go out and get those off from the website. It's takecareatl.eventbrite.com. You can grab those tickets uh, for only donations. It will be $5 donation at the door, but you can grab the tickets in advance for donating however much you want to donate and grab those tickets um, in advance. We want to sell this thing out. A portion of the proceeds will be given to Susan G. um, Coleman. Uh, greater Atlanta chapter uh, for that. So we want to help out people directly here in the city of Atlanta. Uh, And it's really for anybody that you or anyone you know that has had to deal with breast cancer. um, We want to make sure that we are putting on the best show possible for for you and and maybe a family member or a friend um, or a colleague. So um, if you're interested in R&B and hip hop music and you feel like this is something that hits home for you, definitely show up. Uh, we'll have a great, great event, a great evening prepared. And I think you all have a great time there. So uh, once again, that's takecareatl.eventbrite.com for tickets. So this week, um, I really wanted to talk about something that's I've seen. And, and I do apologize. I can't remember who told me or where I saw it. I know I was on Facebook and the message kept coming up like, oh, how often should I perform, you know, as a performer in, you know, in a city or, you know, how often should I basically be seen? And, you know, that's that's a great question. It's really a kind of a twofold type situation that you really have to, number one, determine what type of artist that you want to be. Um, and I'll say the second thing is you have to determine uh whether or not you want to be overly saturated or not. Now, I'm 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 more so sit in the secondhand category. Uh, for me, I, I truly feel that as an artist, you should pick and choose your battles. And with battles, I mean you should pick and choose where you want to perform. Uh, so one thing that I I see often, um, you know, artists like to perform a lot in the city. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. I think if you're just starting out, if you're new, uh, that's something that you're going to have to do. You're, you're really your goal is just trying to become the best performance you possibly can. And in order to do that, you have to get some performances under your belt. So I think early on in your career, uh, you should go out and perform, get in these circles, get in these different showcases. Um, even if you, you want to do some open mics, you can do so. Just make sure that you are a not paying to perform in these places unless it's one of those situations where, hey, you pay a $10 cover and you can get on the mic, you can sign up to get on the mic. Um, I wouldn't pay to perform and We've talked about that numerous of times and you can kind of pick a podcast and you can get that information. So I wouldn't pay to perform, but if it is a situation where you, you know, you have to pay to get in and once you get in, you might be able to get an opportunity to perform one or two songs. Um, I get that no more than 10 bucks, man. If if you're paying anything over that, trust me, you are, um, falling into something. Uh, like I said before, there are some different, um, avenues out here that, that are totally legit and, and totally offer, um, something for you. You have to kind of pick and choose those. I won't plug any uh, specifically right now, uh, but I will say just make sure you do your research. Um, if, if anything, I would go to one of those events first before you try to go as a performer, go as a spectator and kind of just keep a watch and see uh, how those things are um, ran and give your, yourself a better idea of what you want to do and if it makes sense for you to do that going forward. Uh, but going back to what I said about 
performing um, often in a city, especially if you're in, um, depending on the cities that you're in. So we're in Atlanta that, you know, um, and the thing about being in Atlanta, you know, artists are everywhere. Everyone wants to perform. Everyone wants to be an artist. Uh, But on the flip side of that, there are a lot of places that are capitalizing off of artists that want to perform. And so what you'll see is hundreds, literally hundreds of shows in the city. And, um, you know, Atlanta is a big place. It's spread out. So you have stuff that will be on Edgewood. You have stuff that will be in East Atlanta Village, uh, things that will be on the east side, things that will be on the west side, some some stuff even down, you know, Clayco, uh, the south side. Uh, but there are shows all over the city, even in Gwinnett. You know, there's somewhere for you to perform. Uh, but here's the thing, right? You have to make sure, and this is my personal opinion, you can take this with a grain of salt and um, learn from it, or you can take it and say, like, ah, oh, screw it, I know what I'm doing, and do your own thing. That's cool. Whatever you decide is on you. But in my personal opinion, if you're an artist that, and when I say seasoned, um, I, I say that really meaning you're an artist that have more than 30 shows up under your belt. At this point, in 30 shows, um, my guess is... Doing someone doing 30 shows at some point, they were probably doing at least a show a week. And 30 shows, 30 weeks, you're looking at nearly a half of year, a half a year of performing. And for most people, 30 shows would probably equate to about a year of performing being realistic. So basically, you have about a year of performing up under your belt. And if you hear the vacuum in the background, that's housekeeping, um, doing some stuff in another room. So sorry about that. But if you are one of those people that have at least 30 shows up under your belt, your focus should be right now is picking and choosing where you're going, right? You, you're seasoned enough to where you kind of, you should at this point know how to perform and know where, you know, um, have a, a solidified setup under your belt. Uh, but now you should be focusing on where I am performing and what am I doing in those places. So if you have a 30 shows, at least 30 shows up under your belt, here's what I want you to do. You have to pinpoint where you're performing going forward. You have to track where you're performing going forward. You need to know for a fact that any place that I go to perform is going to be mutually beneficial. And what I mean by that is going to be beneficial to you, and it has to be beneficial for your fans, and it has to be beneficial for the person that's promoting the show. That's that trifecta. If it's not beneficial to all three parties, you should skip that show and find something else. And now, okay, how, how is the show beneficial to you? You know that I can get out there. It's going to be a quality of show ran. There's going to be some type of audience there. Um, and there's also going to be people that don't know me. That's super important. Now, it's okay to have a show going where you have your fans already there. That's great. Um, in the grand scheme of things, you have a built-in audience. People are going to be supporting you. But as an artist, your your ultimate goal is to continue to grow. And if you're going to a place that there's only your fans early on, there's not a lot of room for growth, right? And so I want to go to places that there's a mix. There's, you know, maybe 20 to 30% of my fans showed up. But the other 60 to 70% of people are people that haven't necessarily heard heard of me. They're trying to learn who I am. You know, maybe I can get them as as um, a new fan or whatever the case may be. But you want to continue to grow as an artist because if you don't grow, your music doesn't grow. If your music doesn't grow, what you want to become as an artist is essentially will just continue being a hobby. And you'll eventually get tired of it. No money is coming in. You'll want to do something else. So our goal is to continue to make that money come in, continue to build an audience 
build a fan base so you can go out and eventually start doing your own shows. Uh, but if you're doing shows around the city and you have that trifecta, so now you found something that, okay, this is beneficial for me. Now, when I say beneficial for your fans, what I mean is you're able to put on a quality of show. There are a lot of venues that have crappy audio. There are a lot of venues that um, it's not a safe environment for your fans. Uh, there are a lot of venues that doesn't promote concert. You know, there are places that, yeah, we do shows here, but it's not really a show type venue. And with it not being a show type venue, it can turn a lot of potential fans off. Right. So if you're at a place like a restaurant, that's not typically a show type venue. People are coming there to eat and they're not really there coming to see people do a live performance. And if you're there doing a live performance while they're trying to eat and drink and have a good time, then there's a good chance that they're not going to pay you any attention. And that's not a, a, a good environment for your fans. Right. So what I, that's that's the trifecta. You want to make sure something's good for you, something's good for your fans. And, and most importantly, or not most importantly, but also important for the promoter. Right. Now, take yourself out of the artist's seat for just a second, because eventually most artists eventually become promoters uh, because they put on their own shows. And in the midst of putting on your own shows, you have to become a promoter to get other people in the building to not only see your music, but see other artists that you're giving opportunities to. Uh, so as a promoter, take take a step back and look and see, is this a show that's going to be beneficial for the promoter? Meaning that A, the promoter has an opportunity to make money. B, the promoter has a opportunity to have a great track record for bringing in quality of art quality artists and if you can mix those two together a a promoter has got you know all promoters want to be able to at least cover the cost and not take a loss nobody wants to take a loss it's been plenty of times as as me as a promoter where you would come in and hey i didn't make any profit but i put on a great quality of show people had a good time and, you know, I didn't lose anything. I may have lost a little money on a promotion end, but in the grand scheme of things, I didn't leave there hurting, right? That's a win, believe it or not. Of, of course, you want to make money. Everyone wants to be able to turn profit. But in the initial stages, if I, if I can come out of that thing where I'm almost breaking even and still have a quality of show and people are entertained and had a good time, that's, that's really a win for me because I can flip that and put that energy into the next show that's going on, right? So you want to make sure that you can control that narrative a little bit, right? Make sure that you can eventually have a good time with what you have going on and people are excited um, and things of that nature. So if you got that trifecta going, it's good for you. It's good for your fans. It's good for the promoter. That's a show that you want to be on, right? Now, how do you find out that information? Uh, one of the most important things that I would say with doing when it comes to an environment for your fans, go to a show prior to you joining that show or add, being added on. So if there's something that's going on on a regular basis, take a week, go to the show, check it out, see how everything is. So if, at, you have to be there as a fan, Go there as a fan, as a customer, check out the sound system, check out the, the venue, check out, you know, the environment. Make sure that it's going to be something that your fans are going to have a good time. If that is good for you next, you know, look at that, you know, for promoters, check out those promoters. Look at the history of shows that that promoter's done. If that promoter's doing shows that have, you know, 15 artists on the bill. More than likely, it's not going to be the best quality of show. Now, I'm not talking about a, a festival. I'm not talking about specialty shows. I'm talking about they're doing showcases week by week, and there's 20 people on the bill. I can almost guarantee you that that's not going to be the best quality of show. I could be wrong, 
There are artists that uh, or promoters have been able to put on good shows like that, but there's a good chance that if there's 20 artists on the bill, they all are doing it like one or two songs. They're going to be a probably be 50 to 60 percent are going to be artists that probably paid to get on those shows and they're going to be crappy performers. And then you're going to have to deal with, you know, going through the midst of all of that. And you're probably going to be a either paying to perform at a show like that or you're going to be sitting back waiting to get on stage. And by the time you get on stage, all of the people that have paid to perform have performed their fan base is in and out. And the people that are there to see the show is probably exhausted by the time that you get on. Uh, So those are things that you want to make sure that you are checking out those shows in advance and and looking at the track record of these promoters, seeing who they work with, uh, the the, uh, clientele of artists, the people that they're bringing in, the environments, the different venues that they're using, all of that. You know, you have to do your research. And finally, as an artist, you know, dictate. I've seen this as a fan. I know the promoters that are behind these types of events. Is this going to be beneficial for me? All right, cool. After you've done that research, now you can either A, reach out to the promoter and say like, hey, this is who I am. I think I'd be a great benefit for your show. Um, And now you have some research to go on. Like, hey, I came to your last show. Love the quality of show. Love the sound system. I love everything, the venue, the people. The, the environment that I was in, I loved it. And I think that our fan base will be able to be um, benefit from this show. And I have a paying fan base that come out and see me perform. And I know my draw. Um, all of those things are great and good information to give a, a promoter to help you get booked on these shows a little bit faster than other people. Uh, and so there you go. You have a great quality of show. All of, every There's that trifecta. Everyone's mutually benefited from being on the show and you go and perform so say you're performing in a place like edgewood in atlanta and for people that are not in atlanta edgewood is just a hub where a lot of shows happen edgewood east atlanta village um and maybe uh, there's a couple of venues downtown but that's kind of like you know insert your popping place in your city for these examples that i'm giving you right so You've done that show on Edgewood. It's a great show. Everything's good. I did that in, at the beginning of um, October, right? We're in October now, so that's the beginning of the show in October, first week. So now, a lot of times people are like, oh, man, I got some, some traction. Let me do another show. And once again, this is really for people that are 30 shows in, right? You don't have to really perform all the time. You got to think about this. Your next show that you do needs to be in a place that either a a new area where your fan base doesn't go on a regular basis or b somewhere where you're you're either getting paid to perform this show or you're getting in a situation where it is going to be a win-win for you and when i mean a win-win i mean it's something setting you up it's a feature set um you will be promoted as a featured artist there is a great opportunity for you to sell your merch. And then there's also, you know, back end money, things of that nature. But you want to make sure that you're in a space where it makes sense. A lot of times the biggest mistake that I see artists do is they get caught up in the quantity of performances that they're doing. And you go out and perform in a venue and then you go out, you know, two days to a week later and perform in a venue that is the exact same audience of the last venue. And if it's the exact same audience, you're not doing yourself any justice. You're not helping your fan base out. You're actually tiring out your fan base because think about it, right? 
Who is your favorite artist right now, today? Your favorite artist. More than likely, your favorite artist, to date, you've probably seen them perform a handful of times. And the reason why is because they're, they're not in your, your city all the time, right? If you're, let's say, your favorite, I'll take my, my favorite artist is Outkast, right? Favorite group. I've seen Outkast in its entirety perform maybe three or four times. And the reason why is because they're not always before. And of course, now Outkast might be an anomaly because they, they're an older group and you're not going to catch them performing that often. But let's take a Kendrick Lamar, right? Kendrick Lamar is probably my favorite up and coming artist. Um, and he's not up and coming, but you know what I mean. Personally, I've only seen Kendrick Lamar perform once. I've had the opportunity to see him perform about three times, but uh, in the midst of him performing, I had some things that came up that I didn't get an opportunity to go out and see him. So for me, I've only Kendrick Lamar is my favorite artist right now. I've only seen him perform once because he's only coming to Atlanta when he a when he has a reason to. So you know, there's an album out, and or b there's you know something special. And so I can tell you, since I've really been listening to Kendrick Lamar, he's came to Atlanta maybe four, four times, maybe five. And I've only seen him once. And I'll say out of that, realistically, I should have probably saw him three out of the five times. Right. So even if I went and saw him all five times that he's came to Atlanta, that would have meant I've only seen Kendrick Lamar, one of my favorite artists, perform five times. Right. Now, unless you're a mega fan and you're actually going on, you know, following the tour, there are some people that do that. I'm talking about the average person. The average person is going to see their favorite artist when they come into the city, right? So just say five times seeing Kendrick Lamar or whatever. Or insert whatever your favorite artist is, how many times you've seen them. Imagine if Kendrick Lamar came to your city every week. Let's be very realistic about this. Imagine if Kendrick Lamar or insert your favorite artist came to your city every week. Would you go? You probably wouldn't. More than likely, you would say this. Oh, man, yeah, he's going to be back next week. I'll check him out then. And this is your favorite artist. This is somebody that has an experienced track record, has platinum selling albums, have hit records, top billboard records. If they came to your city and performed every week, you still wouldn't go. And if you are somebody that said that you would go, hey, you know, um, comment, tweet, tell us, argue with me in the comments. That's cool. We, we welcome the feedback. But I'm willing to put some money up that the average person is going to say, nah, I'm, I'm cool. For for one, I'm not going to keep spending $50 every week to see you perform. Or two, I'm just not, you know, I know you're going to be back. The real reason why artists are able to sell out concerts and sell all these tickets is because they schedule breaks in cities. It doesn't make sense for an artist, a touring act, to keep coming back to the same city over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and don't worry about the frequency. Yes, if your major market is, is um, I'm in Houston, if your major market is Houston, you're probably going to perform in Houston more than you'll perform in Atlanta because Houston is my biggest market. So instead of me going to Atlanta once or twice a year, I would probably perform in Houston two or three times a year. That's fine. That's every quarter. That's giving your fan base a chance to miss you and say like, oh, especially if you're somebody that's frequently putting out music. But if you're putting out one one project a year, 
hey, go to that city. If you're if that city's really involved and really working with you and really supporting and you have control of your data and you can see that, then it makes sense to go back a little more than often. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be in that city performing every week. It's just not something that's going to happen. Now, there's some tricks of the trade if you're somebody that's like, hey, I've been in Atlanta or whatever city you're in. I've been performing. I've been doing a good job in these places. I want to kind of continue to go, but I don't want to necessarily... Um, wear out my audience. You can come out as special guests. You can work with the pro- promoter and tell them like, "Hey, um, I, I just want to. I want to be on the show. Um, I don't want to go up under my name. Maybe use an alias and surprise the fans when you get there. Or um, if you want to do something like, "Hey, just don't put my name on the bill. I'll still help promote this on the back end. I'll send it to my fan base." Uh, more than likely, you know, coming up, a lot of promoters are not going to be necessarily cool with that because. Part of, you know, that game plan is to have you help promote the show, uh, which honestly is not necessarily your your job. It's really the promoter's job. But some promoters have that tactic to ask people to, you know, help promote the show or whatever. So uh, that that may happen. It's it's not you're not obligated, but more than likely you're going to try to get people there. And, and it kind of goes, you know, hand in hand. But if that's not how you want to work you're essentially just wearing yourself out, right? So you want to give yourself some time. Give your, give yourself some time. Don't perform overly perform in an area. Um, and if you if you can work out that thing where it's like, hey, I can go up on an alias or I can go where my name is not mentioned and I kind of just show up as a surprise guest, special guest, then by all means, go for it. That's different. That's kind of working out your material and you're not oversaturating yourself Um I will tell you, us as Paid in America, we've done that a couple of times where we go into some different arenas and say, like, hey, we're just going to be special guests. You don't have to worry about us putting us on the bill. We'll still help promote it, you know, but don't put us on the bill because we don't want, you know, we don't want to oversaturate ourselves. Right. Atlanta is a big city. True enough. But guaranteed. Once you go around that circuit once or twice, everybody starts to know who's everybody and you'll start seeing these names on the bills over and over again. And what happens is. Your fan base just gets used to you. And believe it or not, that that hurts. Once your fan base kind of can start to expect your moves, there's a good chance that they're just going to like, okay, cool. And you never want to be in a space where it's an okay, cool. You want people to be excited to see you. And if they're never excited to see you and there's an okay, cool factor, it's going to eventually tarnish your brand and start to make people feel like, uh, I'll catch them next time. And you don't want to do that. You you don't want to have a I'll catch them next time attitude. You want people to have almost a fear of um, dismissal or fear of missing out. You don't want them to ever feel like they're used to seeing you. You want them to feel like, hey, I got to go this time because they might do something else. They might do something new. They might bring somebody out. They might do this. You know, you, you want to create those type of memorable moments with your fan base. And one way to immediately disrupt that memorable moment is being too available. You're available for, for performances too often. Now, if there are special events going on, if there's somebody that invites you to a festival, uh, plug in music fest, November 26th, go ahead and copy tickets. Um, then I get that because that's a special event, right? And I'm not just saying that because it's our event, but if you're getting invited to a festival, that's a huge opportunity for you, especially if it's organized, um, it's, it's well planned out and thought out, That that's a special opportunity for you. 
But and what you don't want to do now, if you have fest- multiple festivals going on, cool, do your thing, kind of move around and become a festival act. That's a great experience. That's a great way to end up. But you don't want to tarnish your um, your brand by performing multiple times in the same areas with the same audience. Now, like I said earlier in the conversation, Atlanta is a big place, right? So, hey, if I have a performance in Edgewood one week, then the next time I have um, a performance in Gwinnett, which is essentially not Atlanta, but a lot of people still say they'll say North Atlanta. If I have a performance there, that's a totally different fan base. I got people out there who I've probably never seen at our shows. Then the next perform, the next week I got a performance in Clayton County. It's a different part of the city. Then the, the next week I have something all the way on the east side, different part of the city. Now I'm able to spread out. If you want to do those type of shows because you're attacking different markets, Within, you know, a radius, it's not necessarily Atlanta. I'm going to Gwinnett County. I'm going to uh, Stone Mountain. I'm going to Jonesboro. I'm I'm going to Mableton. All of these places are within 30 minutes of the city. However, they're not in Atlanta. They're not at not not on Edgewood. They're not in East Atlanta Village. You're not just going back and forth in those places. And you're actually attacking a different market and getting a chance to be in front of some different people to hear your music. So that's what I would say. I know this was not really a long podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I stress that as an artist, if you have 30 plus shows under your belt, it's time to be super selective. It's time to say like, ah, man, you know what? And, and be up front with the promoters. Tell them like, hey, man, I've been performing. Um, I just did a show two weeks ago and and honestly I'm trying to spread myself out I don't want I don't want to do you know I don't want to get too overly saturated in in the market so I'm you know I'm have to pass this time but if you have something coming up next month let's try to work out those details um then it'll be like a month and a half and as a promoter most promoters will see that and be like you know what that's a smart person you know you want to make sure as a promoter to find artists that are not you know a great performers but b that are not performing you know all the time and you know gonna be on bills a day or two or a month or a week prior to your show because it's eventually it's just gonna say like now you're now what you're doing this is ultimately what what happens now you're asking your fan base to pick and choose right so now your fan base has to determine do i want to come to this show or do i want to come to that show because more than likely and i'm I'm excluding your friends i'm talking about real fans more than likely, they're not pulling up to see you perform twice in a week. It's just it's just not going to... I mean, it may happen. But the chances of it happening are very slim. A, because, hey, I just saw you two days ago. And I know you're going to... Unless you're doing something super special, like one night you're doing a live set, and the next night you're doing an unplugged set, and the next night you're doing a new DJ set and the next night I'm doing where I'm only playing beats unless you're doing something different in those aspects maybe but if you're somebody that's going and I'm doing the same 10-15 minute show that I did last night I'm doing it again tomorrow night I can almost guarantee that you you can do that probably once or twice and after that your fan base is going to be like alright cool I'll just see you when I see you and, and you're not helping yourself out and this is just an extra bonus on this because I just said it as an artist, especially once you start touring and, and you're, you're um, moving around to different cities, once you find a market and you perform in that market, the next time you come back around, make sure you're tweaking your set to do something different. So you're giving those people, um, even if you want to do 
you know, if you're somebody that performs four songs, right? The next time you come there, give them a song that you haven't performed before. You can still do your three main songs, but give them something new that they haven't seen before. Also come with some new merch that they haven't seen before. Give them an opportunity to buy something new. If they're if you if you come there and you're selling the same T-shirt that you sold last time and the same hat, then guess what? If I've already bought that shirt and that hat, I'm not buying it again. And now I missed out on an opportunity of somebody that's already proven that they're going to they're there. They're going to show up. They're going to a buy a ticket to see me perform. And they're going to be they've already proven that they're going to buy merch. So now I need to come up with something different. So that person comes back because you should already have their email address and telling them that, hey, I'm going to be in your city. So once you show up to that city again, now they have an opportunity to see something like, oh, man, I haven't seen that. Heard that song performed before. Where is this song? All right, cool. Can I get that song? Blah, blah, blah. The conversation starts. Oh, you got a new shirt? Oh, let me get that shirt. I already have these two. Oh, you got a new hat? Let me get that hat. You're giving your chance. You're setting yourself up to win more because you're exceeding the expectations of the person there most people are going to show up with the same shirt they're going to do the same set they're going to come with the same hat the same cds cool but if i come there and i have something different that the last time i was here which was probably three to six months ago i had this now i'm tying those ends together like oh you got something different give me that i want that shirt oh you got like i've never seen the the green shirt give me the green shirt let me get that. And those minor tweaks will make a difference. And um, you'll see your merch sales go up. You'll see uh, fan engagement go up, all of those things. Now, that was just a bonus, but it was on my mind when I said that. So I want to make sure I got it out before I forgot about it. But, hey, that's it for this week. Um, hopefully that was informative for you guys. I, I think uh, you should have something that you can learn from from that. Just, you know, focus on not oversaturating yourself as an artist with your performances like you have to make sure that because your fan base is paying attention believe it or not your fan base is seeing you perform two three times a week in uh, on the same same block it's not it's not helping you out trust me it's not helping you out what it is doing you know is the 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 benefit i will say this i want to make sure that i'm being as objective as possible the main benefit that you're seeing by performing two or three times a week in the city, in the same city that you're in, it's, you're learning how to perform. And I will say, if you're not tweaking those, um, your sets each time, you're doing yourself a disservice. So if you are somebody that's planning like, hey, I'm gonna try to get as many shows up under my belt as possible, and that's the route that you wanna take, your goal should be is to become the best performer that you can be each time you hit that stage, meaning that you should be tweaking your set. You should be trying to do different songs and seeing which songs actually work, which songs don't work. The reaction that I'm getting when I have a DJ learning the chemistry with your DJ, when you should um, the DJ should drop the music, um, when the DJ should cue the music, learning your social cues, learning the best um, vocal performance learning breath control, you should be learning all of those things if you're somebody that's going to take the route to perform two or three times a week. Go for it, but you better be tweaking. You better not go there and do the same 10-minute set three times a week. It's not beneficial for you. You got to learn some talk breaks. You got to learn um, how to engage with the audience. You got to learn how to tell a personal story. All of those things are important when you're coming to um, working as a performer, um, and your performance is going to be how you're going to get paid in this business, performing and selling merch and publishing. And 
if you're not learning how to be the best performer you possibly can, you're serving yourself a disservice. So um, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we're live from Houston right now, actually in the Marriott, um, overlooking a pool that is currently closed for maintenance. Uh, but hey, that's it. As always, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. I'm Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Den podcast. See you guys next week.